Hey guys, welcome back to Popcorn Pals. We are your hosts, Savannah, Sierra, and Rachel. We'll be starting again with our quick little disclaimer. So again, we are three seniors at the Milwaukee School of Engineering taking a film studies course as an elective. And this does not mean by any means that we're experts in what we're discussing on the podcast. We're just doing this as a class project to apply what we're learning. So please don't judge us any too harshly if we make any mistakes or we're just completely wrong in what we're saying. We're just learning here. So this week we're going to be focusing on sound and how it can be used to kind of elevate a movie. Something we thought that would be a good example of this is the 1988 horror comedy Beetlejuice. Now for those of you who don't know about Beetlejuice, it follows Barbara and Adam Maitland who are killed in a car accident and their spirits are trapped inside of their home haunting its residents. So when a new family moves in that they don't like, they attempt to scare them away with their haunting and end up attracting a new spirit named Beetlejuice. And he's not as friendly as they are and ends up actually being dangerous to them and the new family. And this movie follows their shenanigans trying to get the family out of the house. Rotten Tomatoes gave this movie a score of 84%. So what would you guys rate it out of 10? I would rate this movie 7.5 out of 10. I was definitely paying attention to the sound a lot, so I don't know if that was distracting me from watching the movie as much. You can definitely tell it's an older movie, but it still had a good story and it was still pretty entertaining. Savannah? Unlike Cece, I've also seen this movie a few times. I know but this was your, both of you guys' first time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I've seen this quite a few times. And I love it. I'd give it a solid 9 out of 10. It's a classic Tim Burton, Danny Elfman movie. Absolutely love it. The sounds are funny. The acting is funny. Everybody is just so quirky. And like you said, it's definitely like an 80s movie. Like it has that same vibe that a lot of comedy movies in the 80s have. But yeah, I'd give it like a 9 out of 10 because I just absolutely love this movie. I would give the movie an 8 out of 10. It's not definitely the genre that I typically like, but I like the way that they did the movie. I think the acting was really good. I think the sound was good. I'm not usually a Tim Burton person. Like, his style is just, like, not usually what I connect with during movies, but I thought that it was a really fun movie, and it wasn't scary. It was just kind of, like, kind of classic Tim Burton creepy, so I thought it was good. And, like, definitely something I'm glad I saw because I've never seen it, and I feel like it's one of those movies you should probably see. Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. Okay, so the movie gets started with some dramatic music during the intro scene. It, to me, was still really, like, fun and light but also had a little bit of a spooky vibe and again having already seen this movie before i think that the opening song really captures the essence of who beetlejuice is because he is this really scary terrifying ghost that can really do some damage but he's also a mega dork and he's super just quirky and i think that song really kind of sets the stage for how the movie is going to be and so you get like these dramatic strings and you get a lot of bouncing. And yeah, I just think that that really is something that just really set how the tone of the movie was going to be. 
So what did you guys think about that beginning of the movie? I thought that when they were doing the intro sequence in spe like specifically, it felt like they were building to like some big reveal, and I think that was kind of like to build up to the fact that Beetlejuice was like you were saying, this kind of creepy guy. But it was like building up, I felt like. And then when they were driving their car and then eventually got in the accident and fell into the river, it got a little bit more eerie. Like you said in the beginning, it was kind of creepy, but still a little bit uplifting or like upbeat. But then it got like eerier and like creepier once they were like dying. I think that when I was watching like that very first like intro credits scene, you have this really almost majestic countryside and you have this big black text and this like really fast paced music. It was almost confusing because you were like, why are we seeing these like really like peaceful countryside scenes, with this really loud building music. And I think it kind of just shows something is going to happen in a movie. Like it's not just going to be just this like happy, you know, newlywed movie, something like is gonna happen that's gonna be a twist. Yeah, it shows that they, their life uh, before was like happy and everything was great. They were gonna just lounge and have a nice little vacay. Staycay. But then, yeah, like the staycay, <laughs> yeah. And then the, the black text and the music kind of was like, oh, JK. Yeah, I think it kind of set it up in a way that it, I wasn't really expecting. And as someone who hadn't seen the movie before, I was a little bit confused because I was like, wait, I thought this was like a horror-ish movie. And I'm not really like getting that. But then as it picks up, you kind of like understand that it fits the theme of the movie. So then the next part of the movie is after they fall into the water, they get back to their house and... They're seeing some off things are happening, like the fireplace was on even though they hadn't left it on. And things are just like a little bit off in their house. They look in the mirror and they can't see themselves. And so they're starting to realize like, oh, did we die? Like, did we not make it out of our car crash? And there's like a book that says like how to be dead or something. And so... <laughs> They like really have it paired with some more like creepy and spooky music when they're finding all of these new things in their house that are just a little bit off. Savannah, what did you notice about these scenes in particular? Yeah, so the first thing that I noticed where they were starting to really emphasize those little sounds, just making them overly dramatic, was actually with the crash. When they go through the, there's like a, it's like a, it almost looks like a barn that's over the bridge. And when they go through that, it was super loud and dramatic. There also is this like really sharp violin music playing in the background that I think we've all kind of been conditioned to know that like, sharp violin music means something bad is happening. And I don't know when that started. I don't know if it's something that started with Psycho. I don't know if it was just something that somebody decided to do. But I heard that and I was like, oh yeah, something bad's gonna happen. So then they crash the car and they come back and everything's normal. Like they appear normal. But then the cuckoo clock is going off and the fire ignites and then they like run outside and the scene is like this, it's just red, this deep red color that is over the look of their house. And there's this really loud blast of music then, which I think was some kind of brass instrument, really loud blast there. And then when Adam steps outside, there's like this suction noise, like, a, like literally like a suction cup kind of sound of him coming in and when the sandworm sees him. And there's all these itsy bitsy little noises that shouldn't have been so dramatic, but were to really make this scene seem so much crazier than it actually is. Well, I mean, it was pretty crazy. They didn't know that they died. So it's probably really crazy for them. 
better when you're dry, honey. That fire wasn't burning when you left. How's your arm? I don't know. I feel frozen. Well, maybe we should just take things extra slow. Do you remember how we got back up here? I'm gonna go back down to the bridge and retrace our steps. I think something that was interesting is the like really sharp dramatic sounds were kind of juxtaposed by their like very nonchalant attitude towards being dead. When Cece and I were watching this together, we were like, they don't even care that they're dead, but the music and the sounds is really like dramatic. It kind of seems really suspenseful. And the Maitlands are kind of just like, well, I guess we gotta be dead now. And I just thought that was funny to kind of see the contrast between those two. Yeah, like they were only scared when they were getting chased by that monster, but they were just like, well, this is our life now. I guess we're just dead. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure Barbara's exact line was like, I don't think we made it off the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Why are you so calm? If I realized I was dead, I'd be, well, I don't wanna say dying because <laughs> Just because that's slang for right now, that's not really appropriate here. But I'd be freaking out. Be like, holy crap, I'm dead. And they're just like, yeah, I guess we're dead. And they're pretty young. Like, it's not like they're like, well, we're old or something, you know? No, they're probably like mid-20s, right? Because they were talking about starting a family and stuff. And obviously they didn't look old. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, we're dead. (laughs) Super nonchalant. Yeah, that's funny. for the recently diseased. Deceased. Deceased. I don't know where it came from. Look at the publisher. Handbook for the recently deceased press. You know what? I don't think we survived the crash. I hate this. Just... Can you give me the basics? So after they kind of acclimate to being dead a little bit, the Maitlands realize that they're going to need to figure out how to scare this new family out of the house. And this new family is a husband, his second wife, and then his biological daughter. So this girl's stepmom is here rearranging the house. She's stripping down a bunch of stuff that the Maitlands had set up to kind of like modernize it. And they don't like that, so they're trying to figure out what to do and how to scare this family away. And through the sequence, you realize that their daughter, Lydia, can actually see the ghosts. And during this time, you hear a lot of music and, like, things where it's not really scary. It's kind of like you can feel Lydia's magical excitement of being able to see these ghosts. And the suspense really builds up as she's trying to unlock the door of the attic that they're in. And they're scared, but she's really not. She's just trying to, like, figure out what's going on. And what did you guys kind of think of the way they used sound to put this whole entire scene together? 
Like you were saying, she, Lydia, the daughter, is so like, oh, I can see ghosts, whatever. She's not scared at all. I thought that it was cool how when the Maitlands drew on the brick wall with chalk to like make a door to go to meet their dead advisor or something, there was magical chimes and Lydia was watching it all and it wasn't really showing that she was scared. She was just like, oh wow, like this is so cool because she's just kind of quirky like that. And then, yeah, it started to get a little more suspenseful as they were walking into this other dimension death area. <laughs> But yeah, it was just showing how she wasn't afraid, which was kind of cool. Yeah, and I think that's something that's really good to note, too, is that when the Maitlands were originally trying to scare the family away, you know, they're doing all these things. Barbara's ripping off her face. They're holding the head, like, she's holding Adam's head away from his body. All these little things. And the music that's playing in the background was really accenting that. Like, when Barbara was running down the stairs, the music was it increased like it sped up really quickly to that tempo otho was measuring a doorway and it made this expanding noise did all these little things and then like you said lydia sees her sees them and it kind of like shifts gears a little bit and you have like more of that magical feeling because she is weird and she like can appreciate the ghosts and stuff i mean her exact line was i myself am strange and unusual when they're like how can you see us because um, when they got back from seeing Juno, and she's reading the book, and she's like, well, I'm weird, and I like ghosts, and these are all these things that I can do and see. And everything kind of like, just I don't know, for me, everything shifted there and became less panicked and more, oh, we kind of have somebody on our side now. Yeah. I think one thing about this scene is it kind of, you can almost watch it without actually having to watch the movement because like you hear the footsteps and like all the sounds are really loud and like accented so even if you're in the other room and you're just listening to the sound you can still kind of get a really good idea of what's going on from how loud and intense the sounds are yeah they had like every movement was like accompanied with an accent sound yeah yeah and everything was way more dramatic than it needed to be which is fun. It reminded me of the song in Singing in the Rain, where they were like adding all those extra sounds for comedic relief. Oh yeah, that's true. That's a good point. <gasps> we just have to pray the other closets are bigger than this one. Ooh, look. Ozzy and Harriet. What happened to these people? They died. Oh, look, an indoor outhouse. Otho. Viridian. Viridian. Now, why do I know that name? Blue-green. Hydrated chromic oxide. Remember, I'm schooled in chemistry. I was a hair analyst. Briefly. Ugh. Deliver me from L.L. Bean. I know what you two are up to. Okay, so then as the movie progresses, the Maitlands learn about Beetlejuice because he had like a TV, like fake TV ad playing that if you need to get rid of humans because he's a bio exterminator. And so they hear about him and then they get sucked back to Juno and she's like, do not talk to him. Don't say his name because you have to say his name three times to get him to be free. And 
all this stuff is progressing where the Maitlands just cannot get rid of the Dietz family. And they're really sick of them. And finally, they kind of called on Beetlejuice and he nearly killed everybody because he is a psychopath. And so they sent him back to the, the model town that Adam was making. And that whole scene was kind of just like really emphasized by sound effects. And it just keeps progressing. And then finally, towards the end of the movie, the family kind of finds out about the Maitlands because they had tried to haunt them by playing, like making them act out, jump in the line. But instead of scaring them, it actually made them super excited. So then Otho kind of conjured them and were gonna, was, it was killing them. They were, it was literally sucking the undead life out of them. So Lydia ran upstairs and she summoned Beetlejuice. But his deal with her was that in order to save the family, she had to marry him because that would be how he was free forever. And so this whole scene is taking place where obviously the music is really elevating her fear and everybody else's fear that like, oh my gosh, they're killing these ghosts. And it's super ominous. And then she runs up to him and she's just like defeated and doesn't want them to die. So she agrees to getting married to him. And then Beetlejuice just comes to life. His whole personality changes. He is just ready. He's rock and rolling, honestly. He just, the excitement was there. And everything in the house just kind of came to life. All Adelia's sculptures came to life. Everybody was trying to stop him and he was fighting them against it. And it was just so much craziness. I think that scene is so wild. There's so much going on. So many sounds going on, so many actions going on. It's like you can't peel your eyes away because you don't know what's going to happen next. But what did you guys, having seen this for your first time, what did you think about the whole transition from, you know, just these normal ghosts to Lydia being friends with them to now the whole big wedding scene? I think like during the conjuring, it was definitely like sad because you're like, oh, like these are good ghosts and they're not trying to do anything. And now they're just like disintegrating them basically. But then when Beetlejuice comes in, there's almost like a level of excitement that's only really matched by his personality. And I think it's interesting to see how like he's so excited and like running around and like doing all this stuff where everyone else is just scared. And I think he gives off, well, it's not really fair to say he gives off Joker vibes because the Joker probably gives off him vibes. But I kind of saw a lot of perils as like kind of like a manic excitement but also like psychotic kind of personality where he just like really is really feeding off the terror and excitement that he was creating i was thinking that he was like the joker too like when i I think it was because of the face paint too kind of made them seem very similar and how they were acting and when he was coming out from being the little guy in the small town or whatever the music was growing and growing and growing to amplify like oh he's becoming bigger and bigger which means he's going to be able to influence the family more and more and more and i think the sound is just a really key aspect in that whole scene because without the sound beetlejuice is not really as scary everything that he's doing is amplified by the sound of you know whether it's her sculptures coming to life or like him blasting a new door in the wall or Even the monster that Barbara rides in at the end, crashing through the house, that all really adds to the overall scene. And I think you need that sound to really understand what's going on. And it really elevates the scene from like pretty mediocre special effects 
but it kind of helps those special effects seem more real because they have the sound to back it up. Yeah, I also think that they had sound going almost the entire time. Like, there were other points before where there was no background orchestra, but in this end scene, there was pretty much music the entire time, which kind of, yeah, like you said, helped to amplify the semi-average special (laughs) effects. Yeah, I think from the second that Beetlejuice came down and he started the carnival, and that was all, you know, carnival noises, and then Adam tries to say his name, so Beetlejuice magically rips his teeth out so you get the teeth clattering and then he set, like shrinks adam and sends him to the model town and you get again that like suctiony kind of noise when he's magically sent to the town and then barbara tries to say beetlejuice and she, he like zips her mouth shut and then she tries again and he slams the metal plate across it and then she gets sent to like the sandworm desert and then the sandworm like breaks to the ceiling like it's a bunch of little tiny sounds that really without them that scene would have been just dull like those noises really emphasized the actions going on and made it more exciting to watch i agree and a little more suspenseful too May we continue with the ceremony? <laughs> then by At the end of the final scene with uh, Beetlejuice, Barbara, like Savannah said, rides in on the sandworm and eats Beetlejuice, and then church bells start digging softly in the background, and the music starts to lighten up a little bit, and then that scene ends, and the light, kind of uplifting music transitions to a few months or weeks into the future, where you see Lydia is leaving school, and she goes back to the house, and she comes home to the Maitlands, and she's like, oh yeah, I did good on my math test, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, can you please do the spooky stuff? And they like make the house playing this like happy song, and she like is like floating and dancing, and it just kind of like wraps up the movie to say, Beetlejuice is gone, and the families were able to compromise, and just kind of like wraps it up. What did you guys think about the sounds that accompanied these last final scenes? I mean, I think it was just very uplifting. Like, it was a good way to wrap up the movie. You kind of see Lydia coming out of her emo, doesn't want any friends phase into her new still emo, but like happy phase. And I think it's nice to kind of like see them all cohabitating. And it just kind of like is a feel good ending. Something that I really liked and maybe Again, maybe I noticed it more because I've seen the movie before, but 
The thing with Jump in the Line is that they play it several times throughout the movie. Before the Maitlands go into town, before they die, it's very, very faintly playing in the uh, in the attic while Adam is working. And then that's the song that they use to like haunt the deets. And then now when Lydia comes home from school and they're doing like that dance thing with her, that's what they're playing again. So I really liked how they used this song so many times throughout the movie that it really tied together beginning, middle, and end. And it was just like, it was a fun song too. So it's something that like, again, it kind of just has the characteristic of this more fun comedy type of movie. Yeah, and she's like dancing and smiling and looking a little less depressed than she was (laughs) at the beginning of the movie. So that's all we have for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify. We'll be back. Oh, we're actually up on quite a few different podcast apps now. Okay, where are we? Where are we? Spotify, Apple. Just look at all of your major podcast apps and Anchor finally got us distributed. Don't forget to follow us on wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> and as always, like and subscribe. Come back next week, baby. Merch coming soon. <laughs> Goodbye. Peace and blessings. <laughs>